Christ, am I supposed to go? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet D Studios. I'm your host, Quentin, and today we have a guest on the podcast that I've this might be the most exciting guest like I think I've ever had. Like no offense to like my mom or my brother because like I get that they're family. But this is Adam from the Games and Groceries podcast. What's going on, man? What is good, Quinn? How you doing, dude? Dude, I'm I'm phenomenal, man. Because like right now, like my favorite podcast to listen to is like Joe Rogan and then yours. And I'm not even kidding because like you guys talk. You and your wife, first of all, have a podcast which I absolutely love. Um. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, the conversation is phenomenal. Like, when you guys were reviewing, like, the John Wick 3 movie, like, I absolutely loved it. And then just the conversation with just, uh, like, video games and movies, it's awesome, man. Yeah, that's why I like. Uh, we were sitting in a restaurant one day, and we were just talking, like, having a really good conversation about video games. And I was just like, why don't we do this as a podcast? Because she's uh more of a casual gamer and i'm more of like i play absolutely everything that like sits on my xbox and we we both have different dynamics in that conversation and i was like this this will make a really good podcast so that's how we started doing it man it is well it's good first and foremost and one of the things i like about your podcast and um I've kind of talked about this on my podcast because I feel like everywhere you go on social media, like it's somebody wanting something from you and like taking something from you. And with your podcast, like not to get like super weird or mushy or anything, but like it's truly like a giving podcast, man, in the sense of like, you know, the way you and your wife like approach the show, like on your last episode where you did the um, questions from the audience and you went into kind of like the reason why like you had the podcast to like maybe you know just to like provide value i don't remember the exact lingo that you use but it it came off as like you just wanted to like give people something they could use on like a deeper level as opposed to like hey let's start a podcast and make money on it and create a patreon and go and that's one of the things that i like most about your podcast because it comes off as so authentic and that's one of the reasons like i started my podcast like i don't have an advertiser I don't have a Patreon. I don't make money and I don't really care about that right now. Like my only thing is to just hit the record button and see what happens. And if people can laugh at me, like I love it, you know, and that's really all I want. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about your guys' podcast. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I can say the same thing about your podcast, man. It's just so goofy and ridiculous and so (laughs) informative about baseball. I'm just like... This is like the funniest dude I've ever like listened to. Dude, did you hear the episode where I talked about fanny packs for like 15 minutes? Yes. <laughs> I was listening to it in the yeah. gym. I was like, I need to rock a fanny pack right now. Dude, that's what's up, man. So how long have you guys... Now, I'm going to go ahead and give the spiel. So this is Adam, like I said, for everyone that's listening to the show. You can find him on Twitter. I believe it's at Games and Groceries. Is that correct? Gaming Groceries? Gaming uh, Groceries. That's it. That's because games and groceries didn't fit. So I was like, gaming groceries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, so you can find him, uh, gaming groceries on Twitter. And there's a link right there on his Twitter portal that takes him to his website, which you and your wife actually have a phenomenal website. It looks good. It runs smooth. And you can listen to every podcast that they have, um, through the website. And it's a lot of like video game reviews, like movie reviews and stuff like that. Like you guys had just reviewed the John Wick three and then, the episode I listened to before that was when you guys had watched uh, Endgame, which I liked as well. Like, it was a pretty good movie. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's good stuff. But where we're at on this is, you know, you guys, obviously, if you're listening to me right now, you've probably heard me talk about the Cubs, the Cardinals, all that sort of stuff. Well, right now, 
we have a Phillies fan on the line. <laughs> From Philly, dog. That's what's up, dude. Now, I'm so interested, dude. On your last podcast, man, you guys were going all in on, like, your cheesesteak reviews on, like, the best cheesesteaks to oh, eat, wait. like, around the Philly area. Dude, the only cheesesteak I've ever had is from, um, gosh, what's that little sub place? Like, uh, Mike something or another. Basically, I've never had a real Philly cheesesteak in my life. Oh. Well, was it in Philadelphia at least? No, it was 10 minutes from my house in North Carolina. <laughs> so it wasn't real at all. Cheesesteak. Yeah, well, was it even a real cheesesteak, man? Probably not. And, like, I want one so bad because I one of my um, – dude, actually, my brother-in-law's from Philly, man. And let me ask you this. Do they really put cheese Whiz – on Philly cheesesteaks? So now they do, but the okay. original cheesesteak was provolone. Uh, and m not many people notice, but Pat's. So when you're talking about Pat's and Geno's, Pat's yep. is actually the original cheesesteak. Okay. And he put provolone on his cheesesteak. So, yes, they put on Cheese Whiz. It's disgusting, but I put provolone on my cheesesteak. Okay. I feel like I would like provolone because the idea of putting Cheese Whiz, like a ton of Cheese Whiz on a sandwich, I don't think I'm super cool with. And provolone, you know, that would totally work. I would like that much better. Um, oh, yeah. But one of the things, and we'll get into some Phillies and, like, overall baseball talk in a second, but you're super passionate about your food. When you talk about food on your <laughs> podcast, and I love that, man, because me and you had a debate on Twitter about putting Pop-Tarts in the microwave versus the toaster. And if yeah. I remember right, you may or may not have called me, like, a heathen or something like that <laughs> for putting a Pop-Tart in the microwave. <laughs> Yeah, how did that start? Like, how do you just go from delicious Pop-Tarts, you know, popping out of the toaster to putting in a microwave? Listen, so professionally, like, I'm a writer. So, like, I work in marketing and I write and I write a lot on the side. And generally, writers, they're either heavy drinkers or heavy eaters. I'm <laughs> a heavy eater, so I eat nothing but snack food 24-7. If me and my wife are ever going out to dinner, I eat a snack right beforehand. And she looks at me and she says, what are you doing? We're going to eat. And I'm like, I'm hungry, you know, as I stuff like a Pop-Tart in my mouth. And I think with that, it's sort of like just being lazy because to drag out the toaster, which you always keep it in the cabinet because I don't keep my toaster on my like countertop. And then what's weird is when you use your toaster, do you unplug it immediately when you're done with it? No, but I should. Well, a lot of people do that, so it makes me feel like yeah. it's sort of a fire hazard. And if I can just put the Pop-Tart in the microwave for 15 seconds – like, I feel like I'm doing good. You know what I mean? I feel you there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really. Uh, I use a toaster oven because my wife, she says that toaster ovens are less complicated than toasters. 100%. Yeah. Really? Wait. Well, huh? he, well, okay. So I've never thought about. So you cook your Pop-Tarts in a toaster oven. Well, like now I do. I used to cook it in a toaster. Well, actually, uh, you asked me this question. Like, how did you eat your Pop-Tarts? I actually ate my Pop-Tarts frozen. Uh, in the freezer, uh, that because in college, my college roommates would actually open my Pop-Tart packets, take out one Pop-Tart and just leave that Pop-Tart in there. And I got <laughs> so frustrated, but I know they hated frozen Pop-Tarts. So I adapted oh. and I in the freezer and I was like, I will just learn to like Pop-Tarts in the freezer because at least they won't take it. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Like you just had to totally adapt to what they were doing, but... Oh, yeah. You may have stumbled upon genius because so you live in New York now and you're from Philly, right? So you live yeah. in New York. Mm -hmm. Listen, yeah, Long Island. Long Dude, my wife's from Long Island, man. She's from like around like the Smithtown area or something. She grew up there until she was like 15. 
Yeah, I think I'm by there. I'm still learning the towns as I'm like going by it. Yeah, dude, I to this day I still don't understand it. Like I don't. I think she's from around Smithtown, but I can't tell you the exact city. I have no idea. All the boroughs and stuff just throw me for a, a whirl. But have you ever heard of a Drake's Devil Dog? Yes. Yeah, so- yeah. Totally. If you freeze those things, put them in the freezer, they're phenomenal. Apparently, like those in Ding Dongs, you just put them in the freezer and you're in ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. See, I just like really cut down sugar. I'm doing the Chris Hemsworth uh, workout plan. Oh, but like man. by the end of this podcast, it's it's going to be game over, man. I'm going to be like Chris Hemsworth in Endgame, man. That's like, exactly <laughs> how I am in my life right now. I'm like a watch the past, but it's like I can still like lift stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm eating for two these days, kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly how I am. Dude, okay. So let's so let's first of all, I want to talk about kind of like the National League as a whole. So mm. when we watched the Phillies last season, they had a good, at least a good first half of the season. And I think like Maybe three quarters of their season was pretty good, and then they I, sort of fell off. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And, and that's the thing about Philly teams in the last, uh, I want to say, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. They, they have an amazing start, and then they just kind of topple off. And then they'll have yeah. a spark come playoff times because they think they can make it, but they never do. Yeah, and I'm not – like. So I sort of every baseball season, I'll adopt a team that's not the Chicago Cubs that I can sort of like watch on the side because like, for example, when the Cubs make me mad or if they're just not on TV, like I'm sort of like a pack rat with baseball teams. And I'm like, who else can I watch? And last year I adopted the Phillies really quick because I'm a huge Jake Arrieta fan. I loved Arrieta in Chicago, man. Like I love his mound presence when he... He threw a wild card game in 2015 against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was phenomenal. So I adopted them as sort of like my side team, and I I loved everything about them. And when they sort of kind of fell off at the end of the season, it was almost to be expected because they were such a young team, you know? They were so young. They just didn't have an identity, and I don't think— people pay attention to them last year just because they weren't marketable last year Mm -hmm. even. Mm Mm-mm. But they've got so much to offer. And the more I watch this Phillies team and Mm -hmm. I kind of like in a second, like I kind of want you to maybe like tell me like some of your favorite players on that team. But I feel like that team is getting more marketable. I do really think the Phillies have the potential to be like because baseball is like this very localized game where like, um, you know, like most Phillies fans, like live in Philly or around Philly. You know, you don't have like these transcendent superstars that everyone loves across the U.S. But I I'll feel t- like the Phillies sort of might have that going for them, like especially since they've got Bryce Harper on the team. But yes. I love Andrew McCutcheon's personality. I love Bryce Harper in the lineup, no matter how bad he looks like he's batting. You've got Reese Hoskins in there, and I absolutely love Odubel Herrera. I think he's my favorite player on the team, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, like I, I see um, on your notes here for about Odubel and your uh, your opinion about Odubel. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty dead on. It's yeah, a- totally. It kind of it kind of makes sense, right? Because if you watch Odubel, like he's kind of like a goofy guy. He's got the weirdest batting stance, where his front yeah. foot's almost outside the batter's box, and it's like he kind of like rolls his ankle inward a little bit. And you're sort of like, what's that guy doing? And then 
I'm like, well, if I had to compare Odubel Herrera to like someone that's listening to this podcast that doesn't watch Phillies baseball, Odubel Herrera is the Creed Bratton of the <laughs> National League, and I believe it 100%, man. <laughs> No, yeah, like uh, you have in your notes, he like sometimes steals, and I could see I, it. Yeah, I I would imagine that Odubel Herrera, whenever he steals from somebody, like he does it openly. He's he oh, looks yeah. at face and he just cracks a smile. You you don't do anything about it. No. He just he's just too much a friendly guy. Uh, yeah, the thing about uh, Odubel's uh, stance when he bats, though, it, it's so weird. And and here's the thing: this is why he hasn't been batting as good as he should be. Is because pitchers are picking it up. They, they know how to put him off his timing because he, he lifts up his foot before he even bats. Mm-hmm. And so pitchers see that they'll put the hezzy on him and, and then like take him off of his timing. So mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to pick up. It was cute at first. And now it's just like it's his downfall now. But I, I still love the dude. I, I still want him on the team. I don't want him to be traded or anything like that. No, I think he's phenomenal for the clubhouse. And it's like. I'm a huge fan of, like, intangibles. So, like, for example, like, if you look at Bryce Harper's stats right now, you're like, well, this isn't working out so far. You know we're 40-something games into the season, and he's sort of flopping. But I don't think he is at all. But let me ask you your opinion because you're a Philly guy. So Mm -hmm. far, what do you think of Bryce Harper just being a Philly? So I I think – like I said last year, it wasn't really marketable at all. But with Bryce Harper, you've got that market value. So like that's first and foremost, like you have Bryce Harper on your team, uh, arguably the second best in the league, you know, right, right under Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got your market with Bryce Harper. But then you also have th- this sort of fear that you that you put into pitchers, right? Like, it, yeah, he hasn't batted that good. But it's always that potential. Bryce is ready to wreck you. He's ready to put you back into the minor leagues as a pitcher. So pitchers know that. And they they keep, I don't want to say walking him. But the other thing I really like about Bryce, sure, his batting isn't great. But his defense is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like If you see this dude throw a ball from right field to third base, it's like butter. It's just a a one-way trip to the third baseline. So... I, I think he he picks up all of his value from his defense because he's not a he's he's ready to destroy himself just to catch that fly ball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched him throw out. I think Anthony Rizzo and yep. he played about three days ago, and I was like, "Dang it, there it was." Okay, but and I'm sort of torn, man, because anytime the Cubs play like the Nationals or this season, the Phillies. I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. And one of the things, and I I really, really think you hit the nail on the head because, again, if you look at Bryce Harper's stats, you're like, dude, the guy's batting 220 with a 340 on base. We didn't pay 330 million for this. But that's what you'll always get with Bryce Harper because his numbers might not look very Troutian or like Jose Altuve or Aaron Judge. But what you said was he strikes fear Mm-hmm. in the pitchers and that is what makes a pitcher approach like one through six completely different because Bryce mm-hmm. Harper's batting third and even though his stats don't reflect it I promise you he's I mean I don't promise you I know you know but I promise <laughs> like he's having an impact on that lineup so when they played the Cubs I didn't look up Bryce Harper's stats like during that series but I know he didn't like bash a ton of home runs or Honestly, I don't even know if he hit a home run, but I do know the guys around him, like Real Muto, McCutcheon, and Gene Segura, batted extremely well. And that's all you need, man. So when you've got a guy in that lineup that can Mm. disrupt like he does, 
everyone else gets treated different. And if Bryce Harper gets put on, then Reese Hoskins, he's got to get pitches because you got to get him out. And don't miss on him because he's a big, strong dude and he'll put it over the fence. Oh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't had that great of a May, uh, Reese Hoskins. Now, here's one thing I've always thought about, though. Uh, in terms of Bryce Harper to, to, to fix the guy, I guess you can say, because this dude swings at junk. Like he's so emotional and he wants to, he wants to take it out of the park. If I could just get Bryce Harper to get Andrew McCutcheon's personality on the plate. Yeah. Because whenever McCutcheon gets on the plate, he's like a soldier. Like he, he's, he's looking at that picture. He's got his dead eye on him. And he doesn't swing. Yeah, he swings at junk sometimes. But if I could get Bryce Harper to be the Andrew McCutcheon's personality, like he would be a devastator in the league. He like really, he, yeah, he really would because like McCutcheon can bat two sixty, but have an on base of three sixty because he he goes up there and he's like super calm. And I guess like. Bryce Harper, his whole life has just been used to bashing baseballs. You know, oh, as soon as like, what was it, two years ago where Joe Madden walked him like 19 times in a series or something yeah, nutty? Right. It was like after that, and I know where Bryce is coming from because when you can hit a baseball that well, you mm -hmm. want to hit that baseball because you feel like that's where your value is. But I, I think Bryce will learn that over time because he's not a dummy. He's a mm -hmm. great athlete. You know, someone that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when they were 16 isn't really messing around. But I can tell you this, man. Right now, I have no problem with, like, the Bryce Harper signing because I think that he's doing what it's intended. But this yeah. is a guy that was thrust into the limelight when he was 16. Scott mm -hmm. Boris is his agent, which is probably enough to give anyone a crazy <laughs> amount of anxiety. And I feel like now, because he knows where he's going to be for the rest of his career, he's just got to get settled in that position. And I really think he will, man. Yeah, and everybody's like saying he's overrated. You know, oh, we paid all his money. It's the first out of 13 years. Like, guy, like, unpack his suitcase. Like, come on. Dude, if there's any sport in the world where fans overreact, it's 100% Major League Baseball. When the Cubs, they right. started the season two and seven, and I was like, the world's over. Fire Theo. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't help it. Like, being a fan, like, no matter what, it's like, I'm just over it. It's done. But it just happens, man. I still remember when Ruben Romero Jr. Uh, was on the Phillies, when he was the GM for the Phillies, and yeah. we them ruined tomorrow, uh, Jr., and I was like, man, give the guy a break. I mean, I know he's destroying the team, but give the guy a break. Wow. Dude, yeah. It's not like they're like going out like, oh, I'm going to do this and then wreck the team. You know, no one intends they to. Don't wait and say that. No. <laughs> like stuff happens, man. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I, I love the way the team's put out. And right now, like if I have to set aside like the NL East like power rankings, I 100% put the Phillies at number one in that division only because of how their clubhouse is structured. Like I get I the, agree. the Atlanta Braves have a lot of young pitching. They've got Freddie Freeman. Ronald Acuna Jr. is an absolute freak. He's oh really, God. really good. But like Andrew McCutcheon, not only is he the funniest – person mm -hmm. in major league baseball but they're just guys in that clubhouse that i trust man you know in the sense of like when you had the 1993 phillies they weren't expected to win anything man but you have to just get like that perfect recipe of like clubhouse dynamic and you know sort of like how people are going to feed off each other and in my head right now like i love the phillies for the nl east 
And as far as like the overall National League, like I think at this point, like I like the Dodgers the best only because of like their pitching and bullpen because I think they're the strongest in that area. And then for like two and three, I feel like I could flip flop the Cubs and the Phillies because mm. like they sort of have like similarities. Like they've got bats in the lineup. But then, like, they've got some bullpen questions about them or whatever. So let me ask you this, man. How do you look at the Phillies right now? Because there's nothing – you're not going to get a more honest opinion than someone that, like, watches them every day. So as it sits right now, do you think the Phillies have enough to possibly take the National League? And if not, like, what would they need to add? It's really the pitching situation that we really need to solidify. And it's not even it's to solidify because we, we don't have that identity. I mean, we have Aaron Nola – uh, Arietta, sure, maybe, yeah. but mm-hmm. and, and Zach Eflin, like, please put him at the number two. Uh, I think that, you're right. Yeah, that dude is a lanky monster, and I and I love it. Uh, but it's really just the pitching that I would love love to be fixed. But honestly, just like what you said with with uh, the clubhouse, is that they're all unified. They they communicate better on defense, and, and they're more in tune with each other. And it's just a complete 180 from last year because I remember when. Uh, there's a report that came out that Carlos Santana like took a bat to a television in the clubhouse because all the team members were in playing Fortnite during the baseball game. And Carlos Santana just couldn't take it. He like busted it. And now we get to this year and they're all just like doing like little wave motions to each other. They're, they're all like best buddies. Yeah. Bryce if- Harper has a handshake for like every player yeah. in the dugout. Everybody, yeah, it's unique. I don't remember what we said two minutes ago. Like the mental dexterity on the guy, like to have a handshake for everybody. That's amazing, dude. Like that's nuts, man. But I think you're 100 percent right, and I think the teams, like you know, they're definitely maturing, and you know, the pitching. I Mm -hmm. I think one of the best things ever. And I read this like yesterday. So I did, I watched like a decent amount of Phillies baseball, but like over the past like two weeks, I haven't done a whole lot with it. But there's a little bit around, around the rumor mill that the Philadelphia Phillies have scouted Madison Bumgarner and Zach Greinke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I would love, if I had to choose either one of them, I would want Zach Greinke because he's less money, but with more power. Like, honestly, I, I think he's. What is, is he owed 90 million in the next three years? Am I getting that math right? It's, I, you know, I think you're right because he's at the point where he's at the back half of his contract and this year he's making like 31 and a half. So it probably is about 90 and you would get him for longer because Bumgarner's a free agent at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and if I, if I had to choose, I would pick Grinky, but I would really want somebody who is within the organization just to, just to keep that dynamic going and, I would love Nick Pavetta to get another shot at, at the big leagues again, but I mean, we'll see, but no, you're right. Like I, I saw that, like he, they're, they're looking at Madison Bumgarner. I'm like, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm kind of with you on that because the only thing that gets me with Madison Bumgarner is his injuries really haven't been like arm related. You know, he got hit by a yeah. comebacker and then he wrecked his dirt bike uh, yeah. out in like the desert in Arizona so the only thing that gets me with him is with a pitcher, really with any major league baseball player, once you get out of that rhythm of, mm-hmm. you know, sort of doing your thing and then you age like two or three years, like velocity starts to change and it's like, oh, what do we really do about that? But right now, Zach Granke 
is pitching really good. He's got a sub three ERA, like a sub one whip, and mm. he's batting like three twenty with three home runs. And I, I like the idea of that. I think that's a, a perfectly sound investment to you know to go in on a guy. You'd basically be getting him for three years and ninety million dollars. And I like it. But then in the same sense, I look at Bumgarner as like a big game pitcher, and I'm like, dude, this could be good, right? If you have Bumgarner. On paper, it sounds great, yeah. But I don't know that you need Bumgarner because you have Air Nola. And yes. I don't – I was super mad last year. I never felt like Air Nola got the attention he should have deserved because it was always like the Scherzer DeGrom show. And I started talking about Air Nola early in the season. And once you look at it, you don't really need a Madison Bumgarner shutdown type guy. You just need people really to support Nola. This is a guy that had a 10.2 war last year. And without Aaron yes. Nola, the Phillies would have been very much a sub-500 team. So Nola's a guy that's sort of like give him the ball and let him go. And I really believe he can do it. So I think I do agree with you when it's like, hey, you've got your stud in Aaron yeah. Nola. Just let's get some support for him. And you do that with Granky. But also, Granky can be really good, too. You know what I mean? So you could just let Granky come in, and he doesn't have to be the number one. And I think yeah. that would help him a lot. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I mean, and I think we pretty good in closers, but I, nothing more than uh, Hector Neris, though. Hector Neris, oh, my goodness. Whenever he closed, I'm like, it's game over, everybody. Let, let's just go home. Let's go to bed. We're good. Uh, but our other closers though it's it's kind of like up in the radar uh pat nishak he's on the 10-day dl isn't he yeah he's got a sore right shoulder mm -hmm. uh but no it's it's just that pitching that i want to be solidified to really fix us uh in any outfield situation we don't really know too much about because we we have um uh this is why i have the roster up because i'm horrible with names uh scott kingry scott kingry come uh sometimes mm -hmm. goes in the center field um, so it's really just identifying your outfield and solidifying your, your pitching when it comes to the Phillies. Yeah. And there's a little bit, I feel like maybe a question marks around Kingery. Cause I know last season he had a phenomenal spring training, then sort of yeah. didn't do really well in the regular season at all, but now he's hitting really well coming up. And so, yeah, I guess what you mean, you know, I know what you mean by that sort of like just figuring out what's going on in the outfield. And I mm -hmm. do, I've seen Hector Naris. Now, when you say Hector Naris, and the game's about to be over. Is he going to blow the game, or is he going to save the game for you? Oh, I think he's going to save the game. Okay, good, good, good. Because no, no, I haven't I... watched a ton of Naris, man. Honestly, I remember last year when Sir Anthony Dominguez came up, and when he first yes. started pitching last year, he was like, shut him down, dude. Mm -hmm. um, and it was good stuff. But I think I like watching Phillies baseball, man. I love when John Cruck calls a baseball game. And oh, yeah. I think the team's in good shape right now. I think they're in a really good position to win the division. I 100% do. And if anyone's listened to this and you haven't watched a lot of Phillies baseball this year, I would do it because they're really good players on there. The guys that call the game, they're excellent. And I, I think I think they're for sure going to be into the mix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs this year. As long as they don't do the Philly curse and just get comfortable – in the second half of the year, because once they get comfortable, Atlanta's just going to come right back and just take the spot from them. Dude, because that's the thing, because Atlanta has like this weird potential where like Mike Fultonevich, I think is he had a good start 
Uh, he started last week again, or like two days ago against somebody, and had mm-hmm. a, he had a good start. And that's a guy that can throw upper nineties, and he could potentially be a number one. And then they have Mac, this guy named Max Freed. I think he's a Vanderbilt kid who's a rookie, and he's he's tending to pitch pretty well. And then, oh, I think they got a guy named Kyle Wright, Mike Soroka. There's a lot of starters in there that I think could really do some damage. So I think, yeah, for sure the Phillies have got to keep the pedal to the metal. The NL East is going to be, I think, like a two-person race. I don't know why the Washington Nationals are so bad. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think they have the He's most star like players our, on any right. sub-500 team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, like, it, I want to say it's like, oh, because they lost Bryce Harper, but uh, they had other stars, and that's why they let him go, because they said, like, yeah, we can make it without Bryce. We're fine without Bryce, and and now it's just kind of like it seems more than a coincidence, right? I think it does 100%, because with mm-hmm. Bryce Harper out of there, you know, and you like put Victor Robles in that situation, and then you've got Juan Soto and Adam Eaton, and then Matt Adams can hit the ball well. Anthony Rendon over the past four years has hit better and fielded better than Bryce Harper. So if you're just looking at the data, you're going to say, well, of course, they'll be fine. You've got to let him go and then invest the money in Patrick Corbin. Yeah. So to have three starters in Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin – you should be winning a lot more than being like 19 and 26 or whatever oh, they sure. are. Yeah. No, no, it's just like the, the confidence was lax. They, they were, they were way more lax because they said that like, Oh no, we, we got the right, um, we got the right tools to, to really win this, but they got lax and they, and they thought they could make without Bryce Harper without even trying. And there you go. That's what that was. Uh, that's what happens to you. Right, so let me ask you this, man. What do you think the biggest threat is to the Philadelphia Phillies. Is it in the division with the Braves, or is it like the Cubs or the Brewers or the Dodgers? Who do you think they're going to have to go through to get this done? See, honestly, I would love to say the Atlanta Braves, uh, but but we've seen them play against them. It's really the Brewers, and I and I know we won against them uh, last night. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was last night. Last night, yeah, yeah. Today's Saturday as we record this. Uh, no, it's just when when I watched them with the Brewers, it's like they couldn't figure out the team. They they could not figure out Yelich. Am I thinking the right? Uh, Yelich is on the Brewers, right? You are. Yeah, he had his twentieth home run last night, man. Yeah. I don't think anyone Funny. in the world can figure out Christian Yelich. Yeah, it's super upsetting, and you got uh, Mustakis and um, uh, Ryan Braun. And it's like when whenever the Phillies like played the Brewers, it's like they could not figure out their system. Uh, now, I missed the game last night because I, I was playing Uncharted 3 and I totally forgot the um, game was on. Um, but yeah, I was so glad that that we actually got the win. But hopefully we get the win today. But yeah, it's really the Brewers that I'm like the most threatened by, honestly. You know what? I am as well. I hate the Brewers so much because their fans are so angry and mean. They're yeah. mean to me on Twitter, man. They're like, you're a Cubs fan. You're a Dumbo. And I'm like... What's wrong with you? Like, why are you so mad at me, man? And, you know, when they sell their tickets, they don't sell them to Illinois residents. You have to have to buy, like, a really good home ticket for Miller Park, like, uh, Wisconsin zip code. And I'm just like, dude, Uh this is like, like, for a Game of Thrones analogy, like, they're Cersei, and I feel like the Cubs are Jon Snow. And I'm like, what's (laughs) wrong with you? Like, why do you not like us? But, dude. Right. Dude, they're so good. Like, they've got, like, Josh Hader is one of the most ridiculous pitchers ever. And then mm-hmm. Christian Yelich, like, I, dude, like, 
I remember when the Brewers traded for Yelich, Brewers fans were mad because they were like, you could have got Stanton or Ozuna and you got this skinny scrub from, you know, South Beach. And he's just yeah. done nothing but hit baseballs out of the park. Weird. Now I'm looking at the score right now and uh, Phillies are up two to zero and bases loaded for the Phils. So God. it's looking good. It's looking real good. I'm liking it. Yes, because Arietta's pitching today as well, man. And I have him on my fantasy team. So I'm like, dude, I think Arietta's pitching today, right? Yeah, I think so. Wait, <laughs> Perfect. I think so. Yeah. It's it's kind of like one of those things that like, oh, no, it's not telling me who's pitching. Oh, wait, pitch by pitch. There we go. I think it's uh, – um, Man, yeah, I can't tell. I think it, I think it's Jakey Poo, man. I believe – so let me ask you this, though, man. Yeah. Because you mentioned Ryan Braun. Ryan mm-hmm. Braun is – I don't hate anybody – but Ryan Ryan Braun is my least favorite baseball player. Like Ryan Braun yeah. is having to wake up at five a.m. and go to work for like a seven a.m. <laughs> meeting. Like it's just one of those things you never want to do. Do you have a major league baseball player that when you see come to the plate, you're like just put one in his hip and send him to first base? Like you have that guy. And uh, I, mean, I just looked it up. It is Jake Arrieta today. Yes. Um. See, I can't say for sure just because I'm not that type of person. And I'm oh, not to- now you're oh, ma- I've been judged and you're making me feel like an awful person. No, I, I mean, that's just, that's just like who I always was. I mean, I went to an Eagles Giants game one time and I sat next to a Giants fan and I was just like, you know, just tasseling him like, oh, man, like, what's up? What's what's good? Um but if anything, I, I I really do think it's it's Christian Yelich just because I'm jealous. Like it, it's about jealousy and not like out of like personality. But when he was when he's up, like dude, just injure the guy, just 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 do it. But <laughs> it's really just Christian Yelich, I, just because I want him out of the game. Well, you know, always when I watch sports, my automatic is the root for the underdog. So if I were to watch like a basketball game today or a baseball game where like I don't really care about either team, no matter what, whichever team's losing, that's who I want to win. So with Christian Yelich being mm-hmm. like the top dog, I'm like, just strike out. <laughs> like, I don't want you to do anything good now. Totally. Okay, gonna- dude. So let's. Now that I've we've yapped a ton about baseball, listen, let's get to the video game portion of I'm down. what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So I love the fact that you and your wife, Liz, correct? Yeah, Liz, yeah. Talk about video games. And listen, you know what? On your last podcast where she answered questions, she said that at first she didn't really know what to do with the podcast because she would always be like, listen, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to do. Tell her I said she's really good. I will, yeah. She is. When she was saying that stuff, I was like, I feel just a need to tell her that because I understand how she feels because even before we recorded – I always get nervous when I record with people unless it's like my brother because it's just like whatever. And I always do. So I really get what she's saying because before I go to record, I'm just like, you know, I don't know what to say and I don't have anything to say. So this is going to be really bad. But I I commend her for doing what she did because it's such a nervous thing to put yourself out there like that. But she's really good. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's what I'm always telling her. Like, she's always nervous about talking about video games because she doesn't think enough. But that's what the message we're trying to put behind in video game uh, podcasting is that, like, you can be a gamer no matter what you play, mm-hmm. you know? 
Uh, as long as you are playing a video game, I consider you a gamer. And that's that's exactly what we try to bring to the podcast. Yeah, and that's what I think like your podcast. And it's sort of like what I try to do with mine is to come with this like kind approach of just like, listen, all we want to do is build a community where people can talk and comment and listen. And I just love that idea, you know, and the fact that like to do something, you don't have to be good at it. Yeah, totally. Um, I like, I like that approach, man. I really do. Um, not that she's, she's really good at it. You, she, she's there, you know what I mean? But like, just to know that, like what you said, like you don't have to be a big gamer to like talk about games. You can just talk about the things that you enjoy about it. And it ends up sometimes being something that maybe someone had never thought about. And it's like, Oh, like I like that take, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay. So video games, dude, I have. I just want to start with, you just said before we started recording that you wrote an article on your favorite baseball video game. No, I didn't write an article. I found an article. <laughs> no, uh, no, I was um, going through uh, Game Informer magazine. Yep. Uh, and I noticed that they rated uh, MLB The Show 19 an 8.5 out of 10. And they actually gave it the game of the month for that month. And specifically is because... This year, they actually added in a feature. Now, I haven't played MLB The Show 19 yeah, quite yet. Yeah, I haven't yet. either. Yeah, and uh, they put in something called Moments, where you're invited to play through storylines that define careers for Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. And they say in the article that you get to play the home run where Babe Ruth famously called before stepping into the batter's box and tallying Mays' uh, 3,000th hit. Uh, so it sounds like you're going through some really historical moments within the MLB. So that that's a really good feature. They say they fixed the online uh, aspect of it. So it sounds like it's a really solid game for baseball. It it looks phenomenal. And I would love to relive. Now, Babe Ruth's called shot, I think, was against the Cubs in Wrigley Field. But I would still love <laughs> to hit that home run and be it. And I even know like that game looks so detailed. And I yeah. believe you can also play as like Ken Griffey Jr. and all of these great, like other greats as well. And I'm this close mm-hmm. from spending the $300 on a PlayStation plus you the should. game because it looks so real. It's wild. Now, I'll give you some advice before you go and buy that PlayStation. I would wait until uh, end of June, right? Because we're coming up on E3, which is the huge showcase for for video games. Mm-hmm. And they're about to announce the next generation. They're about to announce the PlayStation 5, ah. right? Now, that's not going to come out for another couple years. And we even have a uh, confirmed uh, statement from Sony to say that the PlayStation 4 will be the primary source of engagement and profitability for the next three years, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that... If you were to buy it in late June when retailers are saying, oh, no, the PlayStation 5 is coming out. We want to get rid of our used PlayStation 4s before they come in. Right. Then you're going to get a better deal and you're still going to get a, a, a still a relevant video game system uh, for the next three years at least. Right. Uh, so you're probably going to get the best deal probably one month from now, actually. So then that might do it because so that PlayStation, that PS4 is about to drop in price. I think possibly so. okay okay possibly um but yeah uh, I mean I'm not gonna stop you from spending it because I did the same thing <laughs> I uh <laughs> I I saw the PlayStation 4 uh now I had the Xbox and, and my wife wanted to PlayStation 4 uh for certain games yeah um, for like David Cage games 
and we saw it at a um, at a convention center, and I haggled them to bring it that, bring it down to two seventy five, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll spend it." Let, just let's like go. A, just like a true New Yorker, right there. <laughs> I love haggling, man. Like when I took my trip to Israel, like I was like, "This is Haggle City. I love it. Let's do this." <laughs> That's amazing, man, dude. Yeah. Because like my mother in law, dude, she's straight from Long Island. Yo, she doesn't pay full price for anything. She'll buy like she bought like a display like coffee table for like eighty mm-hmm. percent off. Like she doesn't mess around because it had like a little scratch on it. Like she's the best, dude. She oh gets yeah, all that's the good deals. Totally. I should I should take her to like buy my PlayStation Four and see what kind of damage she can do. I would love to see that. Yeah, totally. Let's do that. Like, uh, yeah, because that's the thing. You gotta haggle with people with the right people. You can't just go into like a GameStop and haggle with them, but. Even then, I think you can. Yeah, like I, if you, if you're polite about, it, I guess possibly. Like that's the thing. Like I'm, I feel like I'm super polite, and I just don't have the backbone to try mm-hmm. to ask for a discount. Like if I went out and bought a car myself, yeah. I would pay full sticker price probably <laughs> because I don't have it in me. Because I'm like, oh, you're making commission, and like you probably have a family. Sure, I'll pay full sticker price for a Hyundai yeah. Sonata. Let's go. Oh my goodness! Yeah, same with my wife. So she just sends me up, like, do do your thing. I was like, okay. Yep, let it rip, man. Um, right, dude. So listen, man. So right now you're playing a PS4, and then you also have a new Xbox, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, man. What's your favorite gaming system of all time? Like, is it one of the newer systems, or is it like a nostalgic system that you grew up on? I really enjoyed my Xbox 360. Yeah. Was the uh, the previous one just because the, the the game library for that one was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and it had the better graphics uh, from PlayStation Three. That's arguable, but I think the Xbox 360 was definitely one of my favorites, including uh, the Sega Genesis. That that brought back a lot of memories for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this generation with the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One is a really weird generation where there's some good games but not like the previous generation where it's just like game after game after game it's just like hit after hit after hit um but i would say the xbox 360 is probably my favorite yeah i love i the last system i actually got was an xbox 360 and i still have it but i don't play it anymore because obviously games aren't coming out for it but i'm this close from buying a sega genesis because you can get some really like pristine old ones on ebay for a pretty yes. good price, they're not expensive, and I loved playing RBI Ooh. baseball for Sega. Ooh, that's a, that's a good pick, Primo. But then also, like I'm torn because I remember me and my buddy Josh and my buddy Eric one summer. All we did, and I think it was for Nintendo 64, we played <laughs> Bond 007 and Mario Kart. Yes. Dude, it might be the greatest summer of my entire life was that summer, man. Oh, man. Like, you, you can't get better than that. Like, Mario Kart and um, oh, what was the game called? Um, the, it was the, the 007. Du- the 007. I don't know what it was called. We always just called it 007, oh. but it was some Bond. Goldeneye? Goldeneye. That's that what was... you are about to say. Yeah. Goldeneye. Like that, that that's just a lineup for the for the ages. Oh man, the the sixty four too. That's another good one too. Dude, I know, man. Hey, listen though, you said you skateboard. I do not not the best, but I do. Dude, I got a skateboard for Christmas, man. I used to skate in high school, and then I just I didn't skate as much once I got my driver's license. And then this past Christmas, mm-hmm. my wife bought me two skateboards. Nice. Um, 
I've got like a toy machine skateboard that I don't use, yeah. and it's hanging up in my podcast studio, dude. I'll send you a picture of it. And then the other one I've got is like a different toy machine with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle grip tape. And mm. I skated a little bit over the winter because it mm-hmm. doesn't get cold here. But nice. I'm about to rip it open again. But what I was going to ask you mm-hmm. is, did you ever play Tony Hawk Pro Skater? I mean, I think it would be a sinner if I didn't. Yes, like, okay. it would. I would hang up right now. Yes. Uh, especially Tony Hawk's Underground, man. That, that was like primo gaming. I loved Tony Hawk's Underground, man. Dude, that was, those Tony Hawk games, they were the best ever, man. What was oh. the what was the first system you bought? Because I don't know how old you are. Like, was a Sega like the first real system you got, or did you ever have a Nintendo? Yeah, so I'm actually 28 now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the first system I ever received in my life was the NES, and that was at nice. my mom's house. But then when at my dad's house, it was the Sega Genesis. Yep. So I had like both systems. Because I'm an only child, but also a child of divorce. So I have like the benefit of being spoiled with two different parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so I, I got both systems when I was growing up. Dude, that's what's up, man. I bought a NES, like one of those, the like the little small NES that has the games loaded in it. Yes. But yeah. I, I ordered one on eBay from some kid from somewhere in New York, and it's got 700 games loaded on it. Oh, yeah. He must have modded it. Yeah, he did. And they all work because I talked to my buddy Josh back home and he told me, he said, listen, man, you can order it, but it's probably going to be a scam and it might just freeze up on you. But so far, I've played some serious games on it and they all work. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that that was a good generation too. the NES. My goodness. Yeah, it was a blast. The baseball games on it aren't that good, but I love baseball stars. So my all time favorite baseball game for any gaming system is baseball stars for the original Nintendo. Ooh, yeah. Like, have, you, have you ever played it? I think I have. It sounds so familiar. I'm sure like once like I see like some screenshots of it, I'll yeah. know it. The, yeah. the, as soon as like you hear the music from it, like the nostalgia kicks in and you're like, dude, it's on. Yeah. It's, oh my goodness. Yeah, like uh, I'm actually I got I, I got a uh, Xbox game for free when it was like um the games for gold kind of deal. And uh, it was called Super Mega Baseball 2, right? And so I loaded it up because it was free, and it's the most accessible game I've ever played for a baseball game. It's just, it's a bunch of fake teams, and they're like cartoony uh, animations, but it's just one of those games that you can just pop in and just like kill an hour with, and you just have the best time ever. Like it's it's super super simple controls, and it's just really really fun. I don't know what it is about it. I love. Dude, I feel like I can kind of relate to that because there was – I downloaded it on my iPhone like maybe three years ago. And you can download it on an iPhone and maybe an Android, and it was called Baseball Stars. And it, yeah. it, like just like the Nintendo game. But it was different than the Nintendo game, but it didn't have real-life characters on it, and it had like these cartoonish characters on it. Dude, mm-hmm. I would play that thing so long, I probably need prescription eyeglasses. Like I don't know how I didn't get fired from multiple jobs because it was such an addictive <laughs> game. I couldn't stop. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's like one of those games where you can just like put hours and hours and hours behind and just never think about it ever. A hundred percent. Like, where did the time go? Where am I? Who am I? You know what I mean? It's right. Like, oh, I'm just in amnesia and I forgot who I am. Listen, though, dude. OK, so let's keep this thing moving. Listen, baseball games. Mm-hmm. Um. OK, let's tackle. The is a hot dog a sandwich. You want to fight me then? I don't know. Okay, here's the <laughs> thing. I You don't believe 
Okay, let me get this right. You don't believe a hot dog is a sandwich. You believe a hot dog is a hoagie, correct? Oh, yes, yes. I was about to say, don't. that's my wife who doesn't think it's a sandwich. I believe I can classify it as a hoagie rather than a sandwich. Now, I think it's a sandwich, but the way I had to, like, negotiate with my wife, she's like, it's a hoagie. I was like, fine, it's a hoagie, but it's a sandwich. <laughs> Listen, what toppings do you put on your hot dog, being from up north? Because, like, in Illinois, a lot of people despise putting ketchup on a hot dog. They're like, you do not put ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, like I was always raised with uh, ketchup on a hot dog and, and I didn't know any better. And then I went like out of my city and they had the same response. I was like, I I didn't know. I really didn't know. Uh, I'm actually a sucker for relish on my hot dog. Like I actually grew, I, yeah. I grew with relish. Uh, yeah, I, I can get down on that, man. I'm, I'm pro ketchup for sure. I think ketchup and ranch dressing are two of the ranch greatest. Dressing. Like, you, do you like ranch? I like ranch, Dude. but on a hot dog? No, oh, no, I don't put it on a hot dog. I guess before okay. I got ahead of myself, I think ranch and ketchup are the two strongest condiment game like out there in the whole entire yeah. game. No, I don't put ranch on hot dogs, but I'll put I'll sometimes like dip my a little bit of my pizza in ranch, light. Ranch, yes. Just the, yeah. And yes. like I think ranch and you know, ketchup are like Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. You know, they're like two studs. That, you know, you just, you have to have in your life, man. But I don't, I don't think, I think a hot dog is a sandwich. I just think a hot dog's a hot dog. See, that's what most people said. And like, that's why I said on my questionnaire that whenever you say a hot dog, you say the meat, but then you put it in the breading area, that's right? That's true. And you still call it a hot dog. And I think that's why people like say like, it's not a hot, it's not a sandwich because it's still a hot dog. But like, as soon as it enters the breading area, it should be called something different. Just it, like, that's true. Ham. Yeah, but I I will I will spread the message. I will spread the good news of hot dog as a sandwich until the day I die. <laughs> like it's a sandwich, man. Do you know, truth be told, you can call a hot dog anything you want as long as you deliver it to me burnt. Then that's all I care about. Like I'll grill hot dogs all the time, or like yeah. cook them over a fire in the fall, and I've got to burn them. If I order a hot dog from a baseball game, I can get the people to put it back on the grill for me to like what? burn it. I what? love a, I love a burnt hot dog. It's life. It's great. Wow. Yeah. I'm learning so much of value, man. Like I thought you put I thought it was bad enough to put a ranch on a hot dog, but a burnt hot dog. I, I mean, not like completely like rock hard burnt, but I'll tell you this: I hit the grill yesterday. Something like char. It's yeah, like it's gonna be a it's gonna be super dark on the outside, but not gonna be like that. completely roasted. But it'll have a little black on it when I get done with it, depending on how long the steaks took to cook. And I, can, I love it, man. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get with that. A little bit of burnt. It would almost be my electric chair meal. Like if <laughs> I had, if I had been framed for a crime, because Lord knows I wouldn't do anything bad. My mom would be so mad at me. And right. if they were like, "What do you want your final meal to be?" I think I'd be like a couple burnt hot dogs in a <laughs> baseball game. Let's get this thing done. Burnt. I love it. Yeah. Listen, okay, so let's get to – what else do I have next, man? I was going to ask you about pizza, dude, since you're so passionate about food. What's your pizza gig, man? Do you do thick pizza or thin pizza? See, here's the thing. The older I get, the thinner I like my pizza, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. It's because my body, as I get older, can handle less and less pizza, and I feel like really self-conscious if I can't finish a whole pie anymore. <laughs> I love that, man. You feel so like I, less of a like a person if you can't finish your pizza. Exactly. Yeah, I so love it, dude. I get it thin so I can finish the whole pie and feel like I'm a teenager again. Hey, Liz, she married a good man. 
Absolutely. Dude, I get like that as I get older, but it's mostly because I've had acid reflux for like the last five years and I can't get it to go away because my diet is awful. (laughs) And like sometimes like I'll just get the thin pizza because I do feel like I can eat more of it and you just miss less of like the, you know, the, the pizza pie, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. It's just like, it's not that I prefer thin pizza. It's just so that like I can be a man again. and just finish (laughs) Dude, I always tell my wife, I'm like, she'll see me eating and she's like, are you going to stop? And I'm like, no. And then I'll tell her, I'll say, listen, like in the 1500s, they used to judge a man's wealth by the size of his waistline. Yes. So I just told her, I said, listen, I'm, we're wealthy and these are the, the fruits of our spoils, you know? But then when I go to the doctor and he's like, hey, you should really weigh less than 200 pounds. I'm like, well, you should really be quiet right now. <laughs> I'm I hear with that. that stuff, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's get – gosh, I don't really know what else I want to close out on. We really skipped over – we really got through a lot of stuff. Let me – okay. I had this as – I had a general baseball stuff category that mm. I might as well bring up. So the White Sox have a pitching coach named Don Cooper. Yes. And he says he believes in aliens. And then Jose Canseco also Ooh. believes in aliens. And if you go to Jose Canseco's Twitter, yeah, he offers tours to where he'll take you to aliens and Bigfoot. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if that's legit or if he's trolling. He's got to be. Tr- I don't know. Here's. I don't know what Jose Canseco's doing. I don't know if anyone knows what he's doing. You know, like yeah. I don't know if the steroids cause like some sort of like hallucinogenic effect. But he'll post on his Twitter, "Come see the aliens. We know where they are." And I'm just like, <laughs> "What in the world?" Like I don't know what's with baseball players and aliens. Like I can't tell you. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I want to say I believe in aliens, but not to the to like my very core. That like I'll I'll like die on a hill to make sure that. <laughs> aliens are pleased with my knowledge like no (laughs) like i don't understand yeah i don't either man but i guess if oh let me think about this if i had to pick one baseball player right now Mm -hmm. that i felt like could be an alien like someone from another planet that does like crazy things yeah it might be do you ever watch cardinals baseball a little bit yeah yeah. Jordan, they've got a they've got a closer Jordan Hicks that throws like a hundred and five, <laughs> and that gentleman might be an actual alien. I don't know how he does it for so long. He just that's just as fast as he throws. It's yeah. crazy. It's ridiculous. Like anything anything over a hundred, but like consistently, it's it's kind of like dangerous. See, I thought you yeah. were gonna go uh, Dubo Herrera because I. I would that. <laughs> I almost wanted to go Odubel Herrera. Listen, did you ever watch The Office when it was on? Yes. Dude, uh, I'm not kidding, man. Like, I could totally see Odubel Herrera in the clubhouse eating, like, stinky <laughs> mung beans, using the girls' bathroom because it's cleaner. And I'm like, dude, I love Odubel, man. He's a great guy. Man, I used to be able to do a really good Kevin. Like, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I used to be, like, dead on like Kevin. Dude, I have, I did a good Kevin on accident at work, like, a month <laughs> ago. And we were talking about the office because no matter what happens in my life, mm-hmm. I can equate it to something that's happened on the office. And it's just, like, this everlasting parable of goodness. Dang. And I don't know if I could do a Kevin impression now because, like, now that I'm on the spot, I'm like, I don't really know. What's something- can I try? Sure, don't go for it, man. 
Right. So I also always try to do like Michael and M&Ms just to like warm up. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Michael, my M&Ms are not on my desk. And I love baseball. I can't do it anymore. Dude, it's not dude, that's a, No, that's a good Kevin impression, man, because that's kind of how he talks, dude. Like you've it got the tone so and everything bad. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do it so much better. I, I weighed 100 pounds more. And I think I feel like I could have done it better when I was 100 pounds heavier because I was more in character. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's amazing, man. Uh, yeah, dude, but I think I'm going to go. Yeah, Jordan Hicks would for sure be an alien, I think. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was about to say something else, man, and I got sidetracked on the office. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, you said he believes in aliens. Uh, Christian Yelich might be an alien because now he's 20 home runs and he's just a skinny little kid and doesn't have any muscle on him whatsoever or any body fat, but he can still – I think that's what you're about to say. Yeah, he, totally. Yeah, I think that was it, man. He makes me so mad. Bro, yes. <sighs> Bro, like I'm in the same camp. Like I, I don't understand how he can hit 20 home runs at this point in the career. But it, it, it's really the only the only explanation is that he is from Mars. I, I think he's got to be for sure. Mars or he, he, you know, he seems more of like a Uranus guy. <laughs> I'm just like whatever, dude. Listen, man, I went to a minor league baseball game the other day, and they had one of those pitching things mm -hmm. where you could see how hard you throw. Yeah. Have you ever done one of those? Uh, pitching gun? No, I haven't. No, I haven't either, man. I was afraid to because not only do I get acid reflux just all the time every day, but I felt like I could really break my arm if I threw that hard. And I didn't want to embarrass myself when the clock said 50 miles an hour. Yo, right? I thought it'd be really bad. Dude, like, what? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, I thought you might have cut out for a second. Okay, cool. I have uh, a super lax podcast, if you've ever heard. So <laughs> the beginning yeah. of this podcast, if you're listening to it now, is going to say, hey, are we good to go? <laughs> so that's what's up. Yeah. Dude, I think we're good to go, man. We're at like 59 minutes. I think we talked about a lot of good stuff. Right on. And I don't – if if I stay on any longer, I'm just going to be dead air. Do you have anything <laughs> to add, good sir? Or do you want to actually take this time? Because I told people at the beginning – where they could find you to listen to you. But do you want to go ahead and give everyone that whole thing? Yeah, totally. So we're called Games and Groceries Podcast. And we, we're a video game podcast. We talk an hour every single week. Uh, we start off with Movie Minutes, which we talk about a movie that we watched uh, during the week. This week, we're actually talking about an Australian indie film starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, and then we go into the top three gaming news just to keep you informed about what's going on in the gaming industry, what to keep your eye on. And then we just have a good gaming topic. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had female gamers. Uh, we we talk about well, this week we're actually talking about how video games create memories for the long run. So yeah, we you can find us on any podcast platform. You can uh, iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, uh, Twitter, Gaming Groceries, uh, and you can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. Dude, that's awesome, man. And yeah, listen to it. It's a great podcast. And so the next podcast you're about to record is how video games create memories. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions that we didn't get to with our 50th, um, our 50th celebration was like, what's the best video game memory you've ever had? And I just started to think like, how do video games like really create memories? You know, like, like what is it about it that like really makes you memorable? So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Dude, that's going to be a good episode because so 
when I admit when you had mentioned a Sega Genesis earlier, and I love to play RBI baseball on Sega. So one of yeah. my buddies, Sean Meekord, who listens to the podcast, so he'll probably hear us say this. I remember going to his house like in grade school and maybe early junior high. I don't remember when it was. And he had a Sega in his living room and we would always go over there and play RBI baseball. And I remember like always wanting to be like Mark McGuire or one Gonzalez. And I would like hit the ball, but you know, when you played a video game and you would like move the controller with you because you wanted to like pull the ball or do whatever you were want to do. Um, yeah. And I've got a ton of memories like that just around video games, man. Just growing up on them. I remember playing a Nintendo on like a little 13-inch TV because I'm 35, right? And then I have an older brother who turns 40 in June. So his birthday's in the middle of June. And so I kind of got a Nintendo early because he got it pretty soon. So when he wasn't like beating me up and playing it, I could get in on it. Dude, I remember just being a little kid and like playing Zelda on a 13-inch like RCA TV with the little turn knobs that would like change the channel. Like they didn't have remote controls on them. And then playing like a Sega, like in the summertime, like RBI baseball, and then playing like Tony Hawk Pro Skater all summer long. Like we would play Tony Hawk and mm-hmm. then we would go out and skateboard and then ride our bikes on ramps because like we would get in the mood to like go out and do stuff, man. So I cannot wait to listen to that episode because I think everyone will think that's a fun one. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it too. Yeah. Dude, that's what's up. All right, well, we'll end the show, man. Greatest show under. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Um, you have listened to Adam from Gaming Groceries on Twitter. Games and Groceries, that's the podcast. Dude, thanks so much for being on the hey, show, man. Thanks for having me on, man. This is really fun. Thank dude, you. Dude, I appreciate it, man. All right, dude, we'll catch you guys next week, man. Take care.